0: All right. Good afternoon. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. Man, let's one more time. Christ is risen. That traditional uh, response has been for thousands of years in the Christian church to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. All four of the Gospels recount the story of Jesus' resurrection, but it is only Luke that tells. The story that i'm going to read today from today's text luke 14 13 through 35 and it is one of my favorite resurrection stories and i hope that it blesses you today as we think about what it means to encounter the risen lord now i think for us um, who live centuries after this first easter event we don't quite we can't quite empathize fully with what the disciples went through the disciples had to go through a long, what we call Holy Saturday, uh, of not knowing that Easter was coming. They had, they should have known, because Jesus actually talked about it. But for, for them, they sat in darkness and loneliness and a lot of, a lot of discouragement. Their hopes having been crushed. And so we don't quite, we can't quite imagine that because we come to faith after the resurrection event. But I think. The word that God has for us today can apply to all of us in any situation where our hopes are crushed or where we are disappointed in the things that are happening in our life. So I pray that this word will be a blessing to you. Um, I'm going to read the text and then we'll pray and we'll get to the message. Now on that same day, two. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. he asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and beside all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us And then enter into his glory. Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread and blessed it, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? The same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem and they found the 11 and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and and how he had made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is God's word. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you on this Easter Sunday to hear afresh, not just your word, but to experience your living presence in and among us. To, to that end, we ask that your Holy Spirit will soften our hearts, and that you would guard my mouth, and that we, like Cleopas and the early disciples, will rejoice in encountering you afresh today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today's text, we find Cleopas and an unnamed companion leaving Jerusalem and heading towards a village called Emmaus. They're talking to one another, recounting all that happened the past few days. The text tells us that they were sad, that they were discouraged, disappointed, perhaps even despondent. I can imagine that their conversation was interrupted quite a few times by long sighs. Have you ever had those conversations? Perhaps Cleopas and his friend were heading back home to Emmaus. Maybe that's the village they were from. And they had come to Jerusalem to participate in the Passover feast. And now that the Passover feast had ended, they were returning to Emmaus. Or perhaps, as Frederick Biekner, pastor and author, suggests, perhaps they were going to Emmaus to get away from it all, to get away from the place where their hopes and dreams were crushed. Frederick Biekner, in a sermon based on this text, writes, Emmaus, quote, Emmaus is whatever we do or wherever we go to make ourselves forget that the world holds nothing sacred that even the wisest and bravest and loveliest decay and die. So, rather they, so whether they were returning home to Emmaus or wanting to get away from Jerusalem, whatever the reason was, they found themselves on the road. And soon on this road, before they even realize that there is a stranger that walks alongside them, they look at him. They don't recognize him. And the stranger engages them in a conversation and asks them, what are you discussing with each other as you walk along? They look at each other, dumbfounded. Someone could even ask such a question. Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know things that have taken place in these days? Have you been under a rock? The stranger replies simply, What things now my guess is that this probably triggered cleopas and his companion because they had to recount all that they had just been that they had just endured all the things that were at the center of the disappointment they were feeling so they explained to the stranger The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. And perhaps just saying these words triggers their discouragement and disappointment again. There it is. They said it. For several years, they had followed Jesus. They had seen him do wondrous things. They had seen him heal the sick, feed the poor. And hope began to rise in them. They dared to hope that perhaps this was the Messiah. Perhaps this was the anointed one, the Christ. Perhaps Jesus would redeem Israel. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem among the hosannas and the fanfare, their excitement and hope reached a peak. Only to have it dashed. A few days later as jesus hung on the cross for cleopas and his companion their hope was crucified dead and buried so to tell this stranger we had hope that he was the one to redeem israel they wanted to bury the past they want to move forward they want to move on from their disappointment Something happened that morning. Some of the women in their group came running back. They, they tell the story of going to the tomb and the stone being rolled away and seeing an angel that says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? They hear of Simon running to the grave. They hear of John running and that they confirmed the story of the women and now they're confused. Their hopes have been dashed, and now they wanted to move on from it. And all of these murmurings and all of these stories start popping up. Whatever it was that Cleopas and his companions said, the stranger all of a sudden looks at them, gazes at them intently, perhaps with hints of compassion, a dash of frustration, but definitely with love and grace and mercy. He rebukes them. Odd that a stranger would just, out of the blue, rebuke them. But he rebukes them, and he begins to talk about Moses. And when the text talks about Moses and the prophets, by Moses they mean not just the story of Moses, but the books that were attributed to Moses, which is the Torah, the sacred scriptures for the Israelites. And they hear the stranger talking about the creation. He talks about Adam and Eve's fall, but also God's promise that one day from the seed of a woman would come that would crush the head of the serpent. The talk of Abraham and Jacob and Isaac and and the promises given to them. The stranger talks about the Exodus, Moses, and the great deliverance, King David, the Psalms, the prophets, Isaiah, Zechariah, Malachi, The stranger runs a gamut going through the sacred stories of the scriptures. Cleopas and their companion are listening with their ears, but it is their souls that are burning. It is their hearts that feel like they're on fire. One of the ways, an illustration perhaps, that we could kind of even think about what was happening in the moment, was imagine that you have been promised a wonderful, magnificent structure, a a palatial space that would be your home, and you would enjoy all the wonderful benefits of that home. And so you go expecting something wonderful, and you go there, and you see it, and it's beautiful, it's wonderful, and all of a sudden, it blows up right in front of your eyes. And then the architect, and you're you're dismayed, you're like, that's my house! And the architect comes gently next to you and says, don't worry, begins to pull out the master blueprint, unrolls it. Do they still have those? Architect, those blueprints? Or is that just old TV shows? It's all digital now, huh? Okay. So the architect unrolls, just go with me for this illustration. Right? We're still living in the pre-digital days. He unrolls the blueprint of a master plan. And there he begins to explain and show that this blowing up of the house was really part of the plan. You see, Cleopas and his companions couldn't imagine that suffering that death on a cross would be part of the redemption story. Even though it was there in Isaiah, even though it was there in the prophets, they couldn't see it and they couldn't imagine that tragedy and suffering would be part of this redemptive story. But this stranger, the stranger, like an architect who unrolls and explains the master plan, begins to show and illuminate the old scriptures like someone else they once heard. Let's pause here for a moment because at the end of the day, isn't all of our disappointments basically the same phenomenon? Aren't all of our disappointments ultimately for those of us who follow Jesus because we can't ultimately see the big plan? When our hopes are dashed for the moment, our health, our relationships, finances, career, whatever it may be, when hard times come or difficult seasons come in our life and we feel discouraged and disappointed, isn't it because we can't imagine in that moment in our myopia, in that moment, we can't imagine that this difficult time is part of something bigger, is part of a bigger plan isn't that how disappointments work and it is amazing that Jesus the risen Lord Jesus the risen Lord I mean there are thousands of ways that Jesus could have made a splashy entrance with Cleopas and his companions done some fancy miracles but he walks alongside them and he helps them see the bigger plan through the scriptures. That's how Jesus comforts his disciples. It is as if Jesus reminds the disciples of Psalm 139:16, Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me when none of them as yet existed. Cleopas, don't you know that God had every day of your life planned and if he did that for you, can you trust him in this moment? This is how God encourages us in our disappointments today. He meets us and he reminds us there is a greater plan. The same Psalm applies to us. Don't you know, don't you know that when you face disappointment or hard times, don't you know that God knows every single one of your days before you even lived? A single one and God watches over you he is the architect of your life but more importantly that's at the micro level of our personal life but more importantly God is not just the architect of our life he just not does not watch over our lives he doesn't just plan our steps but he watches over the universe he is the creator and the architect of the universe and the universe continues under his watchful gaze sustained by his word sustained by his grace, and history unfolds according to his sovereign plan. You see, disappointment is looking in a sliver of time and space. Hope is looking broadly at what God is doing. And so now, as the sun begins to set, they arrive at Emmaus, they invite the stranger to their table. It's getting dark, it's late, come, eat with us. The stranger should be the guest, but somehow the stranger now becomes the host. And the text tells us, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. Took, blessed, broke, gave. And all of a sudden, they recognize a pattern. This is Jesus when he fed the 5,000. Took, blessed, broke, and gave. This was Jesus just a week ago in the upper room when he took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. and the veil is lifted over their eyes. They see now that it was the Lord Jesus, the risen Lord, who had been walking alongside them this entire time. And then just like that, he is gone. This is a silly point, but I do want to point it out. Well, actually I'm not. I'm debating. I apologize. I I have these internal struggles, and I pray, Lord, should I be saying this or not? But I will say it since I brought it up. The last song we sang, um, there's one part where it says his body began to breathe. And I do want you to know it was not his dead corpse that began to breathe. It was a transformed, spiritual, resurrected body. It is the same body that we're going to have. When we are resurrected. and So Jesus in this resurrected body vanishes into thin air. And the disciples, what are they feeling? Their hearts are just burning like fire. And what do they do? They do what anyone who has ever encountered the risen Lord does. They go and tell someone. I, I, I remember the testimony Ken shares seven years ago, he said, right? Did you go tell people of the new joy and love you found in Christ? When we encounter the Christ, you go and share. The text tells us at that very hour they got up, it was probably evening, but they go anyways to Jerusalem to the disciples and say, we've seen the risen Lord. Jesus' death and resurrection stand at the center of God's redemptive story. Everything that went before it points to it, and everything that happens afterward derives its purpose and meaning from it. This Easter Sunday, the Lord Jesus, who is risen, his presence is with us. And his presence is here to comfort us, just as he comforted Cleopas and his companion. Just as he walked alongside them, he walks alongside us in our journey and in our life. And how does the Lord make his presence? How does the Lord give his grace and presence to Cleopas? Through the word and the table. Through the word and the table. He illumines their minds about the scriptures, and he breaks bread. He hosts them. I wish we could do communion today. I I should have taken Eliza's offer up on her offer to do communion because it would be a wonderful reminder that when Christ calls us to come participate in the table, it is he who is hosting us. He is breaking the bread and saying, come, eat of my body, be nurtured by it be sustained by the blood of the new covenant. Know that there's life. And so the very reality of God's presence, the risen Christ, is given to us through the word and the table. And he encourages us, encourages us by reminding us that our life is under his plan, his sovereign plan. May the words of Romans eight twenty eight thirty. 30 encourage you as we think about the lord's resurrection and his providence for us we know that all things work together for good for those who love god who are called according to his purpose cleopas don't be sad the death and resurrect the death was part of the plan was part of the purpose of god and now the resurrection may god's presence be real to you and i pray in coming weeks and months that we will do the lord's table more frequently that we will experience his risen presence through him hosting us through the bread and the cup may the blessing be yours let us pray father we thank you for this wonderful easter encounter the story which is really our story the story that you want us to hear today Lord, I pray that if there's someone in this room who feels like they're walking alone in disappointment and discouragement because their hopes have been dashed, I pray, Lord Jesus, the resurrected Lord Jesus, that you would walk alongside them and remind them that their life is in your hands. I pray through your word and through the table, you will strengthen us for the journey that we may also bear witness of the risen Christ to this world. In Christ's name we pray.